Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Online Podcast, brought to you as always in association with Workforce Dimensions Limited and I Have News. Sam is alive. He sent me a congratulatory message last week on the 100 Up and said he's not been feeling well since his Far East adventure, so get well soon, pal. <laughs> as we start our second 100 of episodes, nothing has changed. I am still John Phipps, albeit John Phipps at the very end of a cold. And on the line now is, from Broadstairs, uh, in joke alert, Derek. 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 No, no of course, it's Matt Gerrard. Hi mate, how you doing? I'm not too bad, how are you? On a Thursday we're doing this now, so we've done it on a Tuesday, Thursday. Next week we're not doing it on a Wednesday, I'm going to get confused, aren't I? Yeah, you are. What, why are we doing it on Thursday? Because uh, I was going to a meeting yesterday. And was your meeting worth going to? Uh, yeah, if you're if you, discussing uh, um, backups against disaster recovery, yeah, it was quite interesting, but hopefully we've covered all bases here anyway in the case of the world ending, so yeah, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. It, it was okay, yeah. Bus- you know, normal talk, so... Um, I might have found a guy who was interested to come on the radio show oh. we were discussing. So, you know, I'm always networking, mate, me. Always networking. So everything is an opportunity to find a guest for, for podcast or radio show? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Anything, yeah. Anybody wants to come on. I presume you didn't get a hundred-year-old saying... I listened to the Clinton podcast, did you? No, I didn't. No, I, I assume that most of them probably don't even know what a podcast is. And I'm not, yeah, that's, that's not even true. being disrespectful. No, that's true. That is true. But there's a lot of podcasts out these days. The BBC Sounds, I know we are employed by the BBC. They love a podcast. Oh, they do. advertising things, don't they? Yeah. Could we get on the BBC Sounds app? Well, we are on the BBC Sounds app. Not this, but the, the no, other stuff could, we could do. Could this go on there? Um, I don't... Peter Crouch discussing it. Could we say, can we go on the BBC Sounds app? I don't know. I'd imagine they, they, they would probably want some more um, editorial control over it than they currently have. Uh, but Peter Crouch is in his one. He constantly swears and stuff. Well, I don't, I don't well, know. We're constantly swearing, to be fair. I don't know, Matt. I honestly don't know. But I think one lot of us on the on the BBC Sounds app is probably enough. I mean, we yeah, have to bear in mind, this isn't an official BBC product, uh, this. This no. is two idiots talking over the phone. It's, it's an official Kent non-league football no, no, go around that was just talking rubbish there yeah absolutely um, big week for you this week as it was Christmas this week How, how's that all panning out oh yes well I came home and it's all very uh, again kids aren't yeah it's that's the number River Island basically if you've got shares in River Island that seems to be um, the way forward because my eldest daughter has gone River Island mad so I think I probably the last time I fully went in River Island was when I was about 25, so I have to keep my nut down there, going in there. It's a bit too hip and trendy for me. So River Island are going to do well out of this. So uh, uh, the other one's going. She hasn't really sort of a lot of Barbie dolls, but I said to her, "You've got about 400 Barbie dolls." Oh, but they're all looking a bit old. But so that's the uh, from that. So apart from that, yes, and we did think about going to you can't little mix, but we've had a discussion. It's about 400 quid. It's 350. So. We could probably get away for that for a few days, so um, I don't think we're going to go to Little Mix, and because the kids might not, and a few of their songs, but we thought we'd go somewhere that you can go to London for the day and go to the theatre for that. So yeah. that was going to be one of their presents as a surprise, but Tight Matthew said no, we're not going to that. It's too expensive. That is a lot of money. Probably, well, I, I had this conversation in the office here. I remember when I used to go to pop concerts back in the day, but even the concerts you've been to, everything seems to be so expensive these days. Or just being a miser. Well, I mean, I, I went to a couple of concerts over the last couple of weeks, and I've only paid uh, like 25 quid for a ticket for that, which I don't think is too bad. But then uh, I am going to something that I'm not proud of in about three weeks' time, and that's more than 100 quid a ticket, and I I balked at that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know it didn't used to be. No, I don't so understand expensive. why it's all, how it's all monetized. And the thing is, is, with all due respect, Little Mix ain't making that much money out of that gig, I'm sure. They'll make something, I'm sure. But where's all this money going? It's all going to booking sites and booking fees are the scourge of this country at the moment you know oh yeah i mean even in the days now where you buy you print your tickets out at home they still want to charge you 10 pound booking fee a ticket what, what is that all about yeah yeah it's a bit like you know in their credit card they used to charge you whatever it is when you use a credit card that went so i can booking fees should go yeah that's yeah so it was just too expensive so again it, we might regret it at the time but i don't think they're going to sell out probably not so if we change it but it just seems you know, if the kids, if the adult ticket was fifty quid and the kids' ticket was twenty five, you think, yeah, but my kids aren't not at all, so they could be behind some big bloke and they'll be able to see the screen anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll have a little wager with you. Mm. Only f- five p. Um, 
that at some point between now and whenever it is in July 19th, um, some tickets for that will appear on a well-known discount website, uh, offers website, and you'll be able to get them a lot cheaper than that. There's my best friend. Yeah, there we go. Not that we ticket out and we don't. Um, no, no, it's not. It's not a ticket touting at all. The the website. Um, I, I don't really want to mention them, but it rhymes with hoopon. Um, I'm reckoning yeah. they'll have some at some point. All uh, right, cool, cool. Well, well, I'll make a note of that. Thank you. Yeah, it's our 101st episode this week, uh, and as well as being the basics for classes in American universities, and therefore in the title of a song by Bowling for Soup and an episode of How I Met Your Mother, uh, it also made me think of Room 101. Uh, I've not given it too much thought, but here's a list of things I'd put in. People making heart shapes with their hands, one of the pro dancers on Strictly, a cold I've had all week, loose women, guests rebooking at my B&B through booking sites, my personality, the most political conversation, including Brexit, middle lane drivers, roadworks when there's no one doing anything, my laptop, and generally people are idiots. So that's quite a few people. Uh, what about you, Matt? Any, anything you want to put in Room 101? You know the big thing, again, this is... Football clubs and their media team who introduced their manager, we've got the gaffer in front oh. of us. That winds me up a treat. He's not your gaffer. He is the manager of the football club, and that winds me up. Everybody seems to do it these days, and it really winds me up. We've got a gaffer here. And so gaffer is must be the only word used in football manager. I don't say to my boss here, I'm just to the point of the office, I'm just going to go and see the gaffer. Because I think I'm an idiot. Gaffer is just a ridiculous word. Bring it it in. should not be used in anything apart, isn't it? It winds me up. Bring it into day into day to day business. I want it. I want you to start doing it at work. So I say I've just gone to the meeting with the gaffer. Yeah. People just think I'm some sort of. Yeah. Why is gaffer the only word used? In, there used to be a seventies program called gaffer. I think. I think there used to be. You can Google that with Bill Maynard. I don't know if the gaffer was the gaffer, but yeah, it's, it's a terrible word. Um. I think there used to be a football manager called the Gaffer as well. Football manager computer game. Quite possibly. Yeah, but no, it, 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 it winds me up a treat, but I don't know why. But again, because we would never say, you know, if I was um, Andy Hesitant alongside, I've got the Gaffer in front of me. I'd, like, I'd, look, look, I'd look like an idiot, wouldn't I? Maybe the football clubs, because they're close to the managers and maybe they work for the club. He is, but technically, the media team... He's not their gaffer, is he? No, I get what you're saying. I found the gaffer, uh, by uh, which starred Bill Maynard. Kieran Knightley's mum was in it, apparently, at one stage. Uh, st- broad, first broadcast in 1981 and finished in 1983. 20 episodes. I'm not surprised that's missed me. Football fans on social media really bug me as well. Like, when, say, someone breaks their leg or, or someone does something nice, everyone replies with, that's class, mate. And, I'm fr- and that's from a... So, so say Liverpool went and, I don't know, gave, went to the, the hospital, the local hospital, and gave a load of kids some, some presents. You get like, that's class from an Everton fan. I'm like, I don't care, mate, what you think. Please stop doing this. Do you know other people can see these things you're writing? So, yeah. So, well, 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 there's a lot of things that wind me up. Um, but at, at the moment, that does. Gaffer. Gaffer. Stop using the word. And there's numerous football clubs who do it. And it's just sort of, you know, you're too pally if you say gaffer, isn't it? So... So again, if if people can stop doing that, people, you know, whatever, what other room one hundred ones have people got in football? They can actually tweet us. We'd like to know. Yeah, that'd there. be fantastic. At Kent NL Podcast is where you can tweet your room one hundred ones of football. We might even come up with some more ourselves. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a busy week ahead in the, in the Kent non-league world with both FA Cup and FA Vars action, as well as league fixtures. Of course, we've got interviews. Looking forward to both cup competitions. So we're going to actually start. Well, looking forward this week, and we will start with the FA Cup, where we've got two non-league teams still standing. Both are away at League One opposition, and both are playing on Sunday afternoon. So let's start with Maidstone United, who after playing and winning in the FA Trophy on Tuesday night, head up to Blackpool, looking to cause what would be a big shot. How do you rate their chances, Matt? It's, 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 well, Maidstone have been a bit consistent, haven't they? Uh, away from home, they had a good result against Darfur in the trophy in, in the week. I think Blackpool... Both sides in the, I think Blackpool are a decent side at that division. They score goals, um, spearing in the midfield. It, it could be a step too far for Maidstone. Um, got a good manager, um, Simon Grayson. But Maidstone will go, they'll go at their big numbers. They'll give it all. John Steele, that's the John Steele factor. He knows how to get results. If he was playing against you know, the local Sunday Park or, you know, AC Milan, he could get results in football matches. So he'd have done his homework. 
I don't know what odds are, mate, son. I reckon they're probably pretty high odds. Blackpool, a decent side who score a lot of goals. Mason will have to play the best they've played all season, I would have thought, to get something from the game. But, ruled on by the supporters, they'll give it a go. And the John Steele factor. I would be surprised if they got through or got a draw. But, strange things have happened. Yeah, it's going to be really tough for them. And I think, you know, you look at that tyre and it's not, a great tie for them. And obviously there is a little bit of money because they're playing on Sundays. So that does help them a little bit. But it was never a tie that was going to be picked up by the TV cameras. It was just a, a generally uninspiring draw for them, unfortunately. And a, a, a real shame because, you know, I'm sure the supporters will have a lovely day out. But it might just be a step too far for them, I think. Yeah. Um, Blackpool, if you were playing Blackpool, maybe when they had their issues, maybe a year, 18 months ago. But they're a solid side at that level. Um, the fans will be. I think the crowd will probably be quite good because Blackpool fans are coming out of it, so they might make some money out of there. Yeah, I think it's a tough one. Mason have been a bit unlucky. With, they had Oldham, didn't they, last year in the second round at home? Maybe a winnable one, but Oldham a level above them were too good. You're thinking there's three levels between these two sides, um, and that may be a, a bridge too far with what Maystone can do. They were a bit unlucky. They played MK Donson. They couple of years ago as well so yeah. oh, I hope they can do it because I'll be for the people involved at Maystone like Oliver Ash to see Maystone back in the third round of the FA Cup will be an unbelievable achievement and it could really help the club as we saw a couple of weeks ago they're looking for further investment they beat Blackpool and get a decent tie that could build that stand couldn't it for them so on, a, on that point of view I hope they can get through I just think it could be a breach too far yeah, I, I, I do, unfortunately, uh, agree with you on this occasion. Blackpool yeah. were playing yesterday in the Cup, weren't they, in the old Checker Trade Trophy, whatever it's called. I don't know how they got on, but I don't know if they rested a few players. So, how, how will the priorities are? But, you know, they've got some good players. Um, so, I think it will be, yeah, Mason have got to be on top of their game. They need the key players to be absolutely on top of it. But, stranger things have happened. Indeed. And uh, talking of teams who are going to be up against it on Sunday, uh, we move on to Dover Athletic, who travelled to Peterborough. Uh, now, two years ago, Nonig Woking travelled to London Road in a second round replay. Uh, they lost 5-2, but they did take the lead through an absolute screamer of a strike from one Innie Effiong. Uh, regular listeners of the show will probably be able to work out where we're going to go next. So here is Dover Athletic striker Innie Effiong speaking to Matt. Big cup game on Sunday against Peter. You've played against Peter in the second round. You scored against them in the second round of the cup. What can Dover expect going there? Um, it's going to be a very hard challenge. Obviously, they're the top goal scorers in the league and have conceded um, the least goal. So it's going to be a challenge. But obviously, we'll be on our game. It's a one-off game. Um, league form goes out the window for um, for Sunday. But don't worry, we'll definitely be on it, and um, hopefully, we can get a result there. Yeah, when you look at them scoring the goal, Tony Madison and Issa up front, they've got the most prolific strike force going. So, uh, you know, they're at attack inside. Where do you have to? How do you approach that sort of game? Um, we just have to be resilient and make sure, obviously, we defend from the front. Obviously, myself, Riggy, and then whoever else plays up front, defend from the front, and obviously, just try and keep the score down. You know what I mean? If like we're the most on-form away team um, in the country at the moment, so. Normally, if we just keep staying the game in the half, then we normally go on and win the game. Obviously, it's going to be a bit different against Peterborough, but if we stay in the game and if we do work hard and make sure we work hard for each other, I'm sure that we can obviously maybe get a result. You, you know, you work on, you mentioned about the waveform being so good. You look at that going into the game. That's worked for this. the seven games it's done this season. You've won. You'll hopefully it'll work again. Yeah, hopefully it'll work again. We've just got to be resilient and just make sure we stay in the game. See, it's going to be hard. Like I said, they are the top goal scorers in the league. They've got very good attacking force, but we're also good defensively as well at the moment. And um, obviously, bar today, we've conceded like one goal in the last five games. So I know we've just got to go there. It's going to be tough, but I think we can, we've got a chance if we do the right things. Do you remember the goal you scored against? They put Woking one and up against Peterborough, didn't it? They know you went on to lose the game. Do you remember much about that game? Yeah, of course. Um, we drew one all with them at, um, at, at home. At Woking, which and we missed the penalty, which we should have obviously maybe potentially won the game, but obviously away scored first, like it's buzzing, but you know, they turned it on and <laughs> they turned on. We end up losing five two, but it was, a, it was a very good game. Obviously, they didn't take us for granted the second time. The first time they did, and they almost got punished for it, but the second time they were more on it, and that's what can happen. It's a one-off game. If they're not on it, we're not going to sit off them, and that's how, that's how it is. They have to be super on it. 
I think Joe Ward, who was playing for Woken, earned a play in that game and earned a move to Peterborough. So you were up against one of your old teammates. Yeah, 100%. Joe Ward's done well when he's gone there. Obviously, like he scored the other day, he scored a banger. And um, he's doing well there. I'm happy for him. Hopefully, I'll see him and say hello. But um, yeah, he got his move off that. And it just shows, obviously, any young lads obviously playing. And if you do well against a team, you can go and success and success high as well. 10 goals for you so you're already beating the target for, for last your, your haul for last season how do you think the season's gone for you so far? Yeah it's gone very well very well obviously I could probably have more goals than I have now but um, it's all about progress and consistency and I've been quite consistent this season with my goal tally I think I'm at 1 and 2 at the moment so just got to keep plugging away I've got a target that I want to hit and I've hit my target so far um, leading up to Christmas so it's good just got to keep going and obviously push up the scoring charts And what would it mean to you to get to in the third round of the FA Cup? I mean a lot I haven't been there the furthest I've been in the second round so hopefully we get to the third round then we can look forward to the hat on Monday maybe get a Premier League side away that's that's the dream obviously but obviously we need to get first um, probably the toughest team in the second round at the moment Peterborough so hopefully we get past them and they'll do well uh, Came across really well there Matt I thought it, the, the big man and uh, you know he, he would love a part to be part of a, an upset on uh, Sunday Yeah He's been playing well. Ten goals this season. We said in there. He's missed a few chances. To be fair, he could have had twenty goals plus. I think, and that's the part of the game he's got to improve on. But yeah, if, if Dave were going to get anything, he's got a bit of a niggle with his knee, and that's why he was taken off on on Tuesday. And he didn't have his greatest game on Tuesday. To be fair, and I said in the commentary, he was well off the pace. So, and the Essendon was, I think, if he'd have known that, he probably would have rested him before the game. Yeah, if both are going to get anything out of this game, and Effiong needs to be firing, because they've got, to, if they're going to get any chances, they've got to take them. Peterborough are a decent outfit, aren't they? You can see they score goals. You've got Tony, you've got Madison, you've got Issa, you've got a lot of George Boys, you've got a lot of quality in that side going forward. So, Dover are going to be under a lot of pressure, and they've got to defend well from the front and see what they can do. A bit like Maidstone, I'm going travelling to Peterborough in hope rather than. Um, expectation really but, but because Peter are a good side I think probably left in the competition they're probably the highest ranked side left in so the task for Dover is going to be difficult but you know if they play Dover do normally play well against the better sides um, interesting if they get much of the ball and they need to if they get any chances they've got to take them they cannot miss any guilt edge chances because they'll be punished by Peterborough because you expect Peterborough to score yeah, I think that's the thing. Peterborough are a side who will create. Well, they will. They they will score if they get the chance. So Dover have got to go there, and I think they've got to. You know, almost. I wouldn't be surprised to see them sort of a little bit more defensively because they they surely would have a better chance at Crabble or a better chance of frustrating them because you know even though Peter are doing really well in the league, they they want they will no doubt want a cut run, and it'll only take a little bit of. Um, you know, them not getting the rub of the green early on. I think the first half an hour, the first 45 minutes is, is vital. If it gets nil-nil at half-time, then Dover can, can really regroup. But that's the hard thing. He's going to be keeping them out for 45 minutes. Yeah, well, Dover, of course, you know, I haven't seen it. Dover's away form is brilliant. They've got the best away form in the country. So they've got to work, utilise that against and see if it works better away from how they line up. I, I expect them to probably attack from the front. They'll probably play, I would say... People like Modeste will come in the side who is good going forward, but also can help defensively. So I expect from that, I think the big call he's got, does he bring Lee Wargan back in goal? Um, Mersin's done well, but his kicking's not great. And if Dover are under pressure, Wargan is good with both feet. So under pressure, you need the ball going a long way up to the likes of Effie on the rig. It will be key for Dover holding the ball up. And that's... I think Ali Hattalo has got a decision to make. You know, players could come back. Locko could be available. Does he risk that? I expect Modesto to come in. I've got a funny feeling that Lee Wargan could be back in goal just because A, his experience, and B, he's good with his feet. So when Dover under pressure, they can get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, and obviously there's opportunities because uh, a first-round hero, uh, Rule Sutirio, has gone back to, to Leighton Orient. It's been announced the last couple of hours. So a uh, bit of a blow because he... he, he not done bad for you. What was it? Three games, three goals? Yeah, yeah. He's, he was a fox in the box. Two goals he scored on Tuesday were decent. You know, that the kind of goals we haven't been scoring and that's the problem for Dover because you've got F. Fion on 10, Modest on four and everybody else hasn't scored. You need the likes of Mums, Gober and Michael Woods to, to pitch in the goals and they haven't done. So, Satira came in, good movement. He could have had a hat-trick because he missed the penalty as well. It is a blow. 
And I think he showed up that Dover do need another striker coming in, that type of striker. So good luck to him and hopefully he'll go and score goals for Leighton Orient. But it, it points out that Annie Zatanna probably doesn't need another striker coming into the into the, into the the ranks. So I don't think they'll get one before the weekend. But um, that's sort of, you know, they lost Pavey, haven't really replaced him. And Satiro did a job. So yeah, good luck to him anyway. And it'll always be known as the man who scored that goal against Southend going back in history and looking back in in time over the years. How many penalties have Dover missed this season now then? Well, I, I think they had the most. I think they've missed the most as well. So I think they've, got, I think they've had six and missed three. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it'd be interesting if, if, if Effian was on the pitch, would he have taken the penalty or Soteriois? So, yeah, we do like... So again, taking chances, as I mentioned, John. Dover create chances, but you've got to take the chances that come their way. So, uh, missing penalties has cost them... Uh, five points already. Uh, five, uh, yeah, five points already this season. Yeah, uh, let's keep moving around. Then, before we look back at the weekend, as I say, we're going to look ahead to the FA Vars, which reaches its third round stage on Saturday. The last sixty-four, no less. Uh, five Seattle teams still in the competition. We'll definitely have one through to the last thirty-two as Chatham Town and Wellingtown meet at Maidstone Road. A word quickly uh, for Chatham Town manager Scott Lindsay, whose wife Haley sadly passed away last week. Uh, so our thoughts are with him at this difficult time. Uh, the other fixtures on Saturday, tough ones. Corinthian host Combined Counties League leaders Ascot United. Deal Town take on Southall, a 10th in the same league as Ascot, but did beat Tunbridge Wells early in the competition at the Colverdon after replay. And Glebe host a New Haven side who've already beaten two Kent teams on their way through to this stage. That gives us the perfect opportunity to speak to Glebe manager Gary Alexander, a podcast debut for him, no less. So here he is. Obviously it's a great competition, is it? It's a chance to well, almost make dreams come true. Boys at this level don't you get a chance to play at Wembley, but this is an opportunity, isn't it? I was going to say to you, you obviously are a man who's well known for something you did on the pitch at Wembley. What would it mean to you if you could lead a team out on, on that famous pitch as well? Again, it's again, it's dreams come true. And as a player, you dream about playing there. And as a manager, whatever level you're at, one day you hope to, to walk a team out there. And, you know, it's, it'd be an unbelievable experience. It's going to be a, a tough game, though, against a side you've already beaten two teams from the scaffold. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, New Haven are a good side. We've we've played a team out of that league already who gave us uh, who gave us a great game in Peace Haven, you know. And New Haven are a, a decent side as well. Um, so I'm expecting a tough game, but I wouldn't expect anything less uh, at this stage in a competition where I think eight nine hundred teams started out. How do you go about it at this sort of stage of the Vars? Do you, do you get to go and watch them, or do you just get? Have you got a network of people who go and watch them for you? Uh, to be honest, I know people in Sussex, so I get a little bit of information. You know, we haven't their games have sort of clashed with ours, and they haven't had fixtures when we we haven't had games or when we've had a Tuesday off. You know, like so, it's been difficult to get down and watch them, and you only get that sort of small period after the draw of a couple of weeks, don't you? But uh, I've got people in Sussex, and I've had them watched, yes, and uh, hopefully the information he gives can help us. I suppose for you as well, you know, you probably can chat to the managers. Would you come up against them locally? Yeah, no. Obviously, there'd be some phone calls made uh, between. Obviously, there's been the phone calls made. I've I've had them watch recently, which is uh, which is good uh, by somebody. And as I said, look, uh, there's players that have played against them as well, where you can have little conversations and hopefully pick up little things what, what they're good at, what they're not good at, you know. And hopefully that can help us. Looking more generally as well, ninth in the table at Glebe. How are you finding it there? Yeah, no, it's uh, very good. Obviously, it's a turnaround. Obviously, you, when you take over a club, sort of, or with the season already started, you're not sure what boys have done. Uh, we've picked up a few boys. What what were out there? What were very good players, which hadn't had pre-season and things like that. So we are playing a little bit of catch up, and we're playing catch up in terms of games because we're in we're in cup competitions. You know, we've been in quite a lot of cup competitions. We're still in three. Um, so we're finding we have periods where we have two or three cup games in a row, and we fall behind the league fixtures. Not ideal, but. You know, they're games we have to play and they're games we hope to win. But, you know, we just have to keep plugging away and see where it takes us. Obviously, Jamie Philpott scored both your goals in the cup win on Saturday. He's a name that people will know from being up the pyramid. He's doing very well for you, though. Yeah, Jamie's Jamie's uh, obviously doing well. He's scoring goals. Uh, if if I had to be negative towards Jamie, he'd probably did, did be disappointed he hasn't got more goals because we've created a hell of a lot of chances for him, you know. But he's he can't take them all. But he's he's scoring goals. But some of the chances he's had, then he would have hoped to have more goals. And obviously that will come the more he works on it. He's always working on his finishing, you know. So hopefully as the season goes on, he can hit a even hotter patch and bang in more goals than he is already. I suppose it's good for him to have a, a former striker as his manager as well. 
Uh, I'm not sure because I'm quite fussy. As I said there, he's scoring two goals and I'm still moaning. But uh, as I said to him, I, I'm probably harder on my forwards than I am any other position because that's where I played. So it's, uh, it's one of them. Yeah, I suppose it is one of those things, isn't it? When you are a forward, I guess, because we all know that strikers are the one. And I suppose having been a striker yourself, you kind of you, you must look at it differently from other managers, perhaps. Yeah, no, as I said, look, I put myself in those situations and... As I said, without being too negative towards Jamie, look, he, he's had some glorious chances which he hasn't taken, but then, then he pops up with a goal that will win us a football match, you know, and that's what strikers do. But as I said, there'd be a time where he hits a, a red-hot bit of form and everything he touches goes in, and obviously we create a lot of chances, so he'll score a lot of goals, hopefully. What, what are the ambitions at Glebe this season? I suppose it's, it's a club that's... It, there's been a few managers come and gone, but it seems quite ambitious up there. Yeah, no, definitely. You've got a chairman that wants to do well. He wants to win football matches, you know. We, we chat every day and we discuss how we can improve the football club and that's what we're doing at the moment, you know. And as, as you said, we've got a lot of games in the league to play catch-up with and we've got to keep knocking them off one at a time when we're playing them and hopefully see where it takes us. But if not, then we, we rebuild and we go again next season. But this season, obviously, I'm trying to put together a squad where you don't have to go and pick 16 players again. You need to just add two or three and you're, you're strong and ready to go and most of your team already know how you want to play, how you work, and it puts you in good stead. I suppose it's the thing, isn't it? You only play 13 games. Here we are, virtually the end of November. So there's still a long, long way to go this season. Oh, 100% there's a long way to go. You know, like every we've seen it already, uh, results. When you look at results, some Saturdays you come off and you go, oh, quite, have they got a result against them? You know, but that's this level. And it, it, like you said, there's a long way to go. There's a lot of twists and turns to come. And we've just got to make sure we prepare right for each game. And hopefully it puts us in the right direction. I enjoyed that interview actually and interesting to hear what he says about how he puts pressure on the, on the strikers because he's a striker himself yeah he had a great career didn't he Gary Alexander um, Millwall legend that goal he scored and you mentioned in the interview there was against Scunthorpe an absolutely, absolutely blinding goal um, come down to this level um, yeah uh, Glebe's a club I mentioned it when I went there last week when I went to Bromley I could see the Glebe ground so he's learning his trades He's managed to get Jamie Philpott in, who should be playing up a few levels before. I'm absolutely convinced about that. And I think, um, well, maybe they've got a chance about that. It's a competition. I'm trying to think, John, this time last year, did we have five Ken sides in it? Probably not. Not, I suppose we had two at least, because Canterbury and Cray, of course, went to the semi-final. So, yeah, it'd be tough to get your game. At least, again, the good thing about the when we find out about the scaffold managers, they talk to each other. So they'll be talking about New Haven and see what they've done. They've beaten Kennington. And Punjab, Punjab United pretty easily in the um, previous rounds, but maybe Glebe have got that little bit extra quality at home, and I'm sure they'll try and do it. So, because Jamie Philpot is a good player, and if you give him a chances, you know what um, Gary Alexander says, uh, he will take them. What I also like there was I didn't even, you know, sometimes you speak to managers at this stage of the Vars and they don't even want to mention the, the, the W word. Uh, and then he, first answer is like, oh, it's a chance for players to go to Wembley, isn't it? It's like, oh, brilliant. Thanks for that, mate. Brilliant. Uh, but it, it, it's nice that he's kind of got that focus because from what he was saying later on in the, in, in the interview, you know, it is a case of at the moment Glebe are trying to build something, see how they get on this year and then try and push on next year. So they've got a good squad. Why not have a good crack at this? Yeah, why not? It's a competition. They're not going to win the league, um, Glebe. So it's a competition they can put all their efforts in to try and get forward, get long into the competition. I think what we find with the scaffold, they're probably pleased they're playing New Haven. They're not playing anybody in the scaffold. It's somebody to try against and they can pick their wits against them. So like all our sides, like Deal, etc. like that, Deal, of course, famous in this in this competition, They'll be the, the teams involved will be desperate to get, get going into the competition because... You know, the money gets a little bit better, not a bit great, and it continues the season into the new year and say, what we can we do from that? In last 32, you can probably start thinking about it because of the sides involved. Tough one, I think, for maybe um, Corinthian, because I think, didn't Ascot United get go, go quite long into the competition last year? Th- Rings a bell that they did. Well, I, know, I certainly know, I don't know how far they went last year, but I certainly know, uh, we spoke to Michael Golding just after they'd found out who they were going to be playing. And he went to the game and saw them and, and he said they're a good side. Um, and so that's going to be a tough game. And I think they won 6-0 to get into this round. Yeah. Um, so they are definitely one of the tougher sides you could play at, at this stage for Corinthian. And it's, you know, it's it's almost a shame for Wellington that they've got that they've got Chatham because you would like to see teams up against teams from other levels. It does give you a chance to sort of test yourselves. And Corinthian, you know, that is a tough game for them. 
However, there is no doubt in my mind that Corinthian are a strong scaffold side, can do something against Ascot. Yeah, I think, I, 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 Corinthian always sort of surprised me you, when we speak to them. They go under the radar a little bit. Last year they came so close, and I think maybe sides under, underestimate them, but they'll be well organised. And I, I think, to be honest, out of the four sides, I think it's an absolute cracking game that is Corinthian against Ascot. So I'll be looking out for that and see how they get on. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you only mentioned very briefly in there, but Deal. Great pedigree in this competition, and, and that's a tie that they'll be looking at and thinking, why not? Let's see what we can do, and it would be fantastic for Deal uh, to keep their Wembley dreams alive as well. Uh, looking back at the weekend, a lot of scaffold sides, we already heard about Glebe, uh, were involved in Kent Senior Trophy action on Saturday. Lords would beat K-Sports 3-2. Uh, the game between Beerson and West Wickham was postponed. A lot of pitch problems at Beerson at the moment, uh, and I don't think they're getting any better, which is not great news. Uh, with this weather as well. Holland to Blair 1, Beckenham Town 2, Fisher 1, Sheppard United 2 and Glebe, as we all heard, beat Greenways by two goals to one. Jamie Philpott scoring both of those goals. A handful of fixtures in the Premier Division as well. Canterbury City 4, Irith and Belvedere nil. Uh, Irith and Belvedere looking for a new physio as well, which is something we've tweeted out this week, so do keep an eye on that. Chatham Town 3, Crowborough nil. Deal Town 1, Tunbridge Wells 2, Irith Town 5, Greenwich Borough nil, and Punjab United 2, Wellington 1. That's a big result for Punjab as well as it moves them up to the, uh, uh, well, up further away from the foot of the table, where uh, which seems to be a place that Greenwich Borough are making their own at the moment after their uh, current wretched run of form. Uh, Punjab up to 18th now after that victory, uh, which took them above Crowborough and uh, Greenwich Borough are bottom with eight points, four points clear now Punjab of Greenwich Borough. Uh, which is good news for them. Uh, this weekend in the, uh, obviously we've mentioned the FA Vars fixtures, four of them uh, in the Premier Division. It's everything Belvedere against Beckenham Town, Greenwich Borough against Hollands and Blair, K-Sports against Tunbridge Wells, Punjab Knights against Lordswood and Sheppard United against Fisher. And I've left Irith Town against Crowborough uh, till last because yet again for the second year running, uh, the Dockers are doing a special deal where if you turn up with certain foods for the food bank at Bexley, you will get free entry to that game. Irith Town hit five on Saturday, so uh, there's no reason why they can't go a bit goal crazy again against a Crowborough side who uh, we've discussed several times uh, seem to have a bit of a penchant for conceding goals at the moment. Uh, into Division 1 of the scaffold again with the uh, with the senior trophies and everything being in the way. Uh, not a lot of action in the league last weekend. In fact, just the one game, Ross United beating Snodland Town by six goals to nil. Uh, this weekend, uh, Brydon Ropes against Sutton Athletic, Croydon against Snodland Town, FC Armstrong against Meridian, Forest Hill against Greenways, uh, Homestyle against SC Thamesmead, Kenfield United against Kennington and Rustall against Rochester United. Uh, so those are the fixtures that brings you all up to date with the latest in the scaffold. We'll move on then to the... to the What are you doing? What's that noise? What, there's, a no, there's a noise behind you there. What are you no, doing? somebody just went out the door. Oh, right. Okay. So, so, sorry, you do this in front of a live audience every week, do you? But there is... Like, people can look into this office and see me, so... Because it's one of these uh, glassed offices, so people can see me, so I can see a bloke eating a sandwich at the moment. That's fine, all right, Dave? Wow. Uh, he's not a bloke, his name's James, so I do know the people in my office. And what sort of sandwich is it? Is it a nice one? Mm, it seems to be. Well, he, might, he looks like a bit of soup combination. Oh, nice. Dink, dunking it in, so uh, now he's picking his teeth. So there, there you go. We'll somebody, better move on from that. Somebody needs a pay cut around your place. We've been forced to have a soup <laughs> and a sandwich for lunch, blimey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, into the Isthmian League Premier Division, there was just a one game uh, involving our teams this week, which was Margate's two-all draw against Potter's Bar. Uh, certainly never dull watching Margate. Last-minute penalty uh, for Potter's Bar, getting them a point uh, after Gate had led 2-0. 266 at Hartsdown Park on Saturday. Uh, I think that that is a sign that attendances are perhaps sliding a little bit as Margate uh, continue with their indifferent form. And, and 11th in the table after 16 games with 22 points is not where Margate would have been expecting to be. No, I think he's still tinkering with his side, Jay Saunders. Um, Margate, as we mentioned, everything seems to never work in their favour, does it? Um, ever since they were in the National League well, a few years ago and they were doing really well, um, yeah, but Jason is the man to turn it around. I'm sure. Um, again, I see the um, you know the Gates Davis game was pretty appalling on Tuesday as well. So people may find it's too expensive. To be fair to Margaret, they've had a few home games on the spin, and the form hasn't been great. So maybe people were sort of voting with their with you know saying it's too expensive to go sometimes football. So yeah, but I'm sure Jason can turn it around. But you know where where you think where he was a couple of years ago, where he is now. Um, 
you're never too high, never too low in football. But I feel for Jay Saunders because, you know, two years ago he was riding high, wasn't he, for Maidstone. And now managing in front of 266, it'd be tough for him on that. But I'm sure he can turn it around. But Margate got to sort, we say every week, sort out the off-field problems. You know, get a stand-up if you're going to build a stand. Stop getting trained, um, changed in porter cabins and things like that. I think the infrastructure at Margate has got to come first. And it was a shame when they had all that money, they didn't do that because they would probably be in a better footing than they are now. Exactly. Uh, this weekend, Margate are away to league leaders Horsham, so a tough one for them. Uh, Cray Wanderers are also on the road at Carshalton and competing hat-trick of away teams in the Premier Division. Uh, Folks and Victor are away to Lewis, uh, just down the road from me. That would be a nice place to go in this sort of weather. Uh, Tuesday night, Folks and Victor are in action again as they host Kingstonian uh, in the league as well. Uh, so a couple of games for them. They'll be hoping that they can get back to the top of the table as well this week. Uh, and a, a favour from Margate would do the trick for them as well. Uh, into the Isthmian League South East Division, where they were fixtures both on Saturday and Tuesday. Uh, so on Saturday, Ashford were beaten 3-2 at home by Whitehawk. It was Cray Valley 1, Guernsey 1. Uh, Phoenix Sports also lost 3-2 at home to Chichester. Seven Oaks beat Ramsgate 3-1. Two goals for Louis Collins there as well. Sittingbourne 2, VCD Athletic 1, considering their good form at the moment, Sittingbourne. Hythe were beaten 4-1 at Three Bridges. And Whitstable Town lost 2-0 at home to Whiteleaf. And then on Tuesday night, uh, Ashford bounced back with a 4-2 win over Ramsgate. That was the only game because the game between Phoenix Sports and Hayward Heath Town was called off on Tuesday. A um, couple of disappointing results in there, Matt. Especially the one that really stood out for me as I was going through that was, was the Hythe uh, losing at, at Three Bridges. It's just not clicking at Hythe this season, is it? I think Steve Watts got in there. Maybe he thought it will be easier than it was. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Again, he's got some of his players in. Not really clicking at all. I think Steve Watts really frustrated with it. Again, you expect the high to do a little bit better. Yeah. Again, I don't know what it is. Is, is it a lack of players they can attract at a decent level? I just really don't know. But Hyde should be doing a lot better than they should be at the moment. And, and that's really disappointing. Please, for the way you mentioned there, Louis Collins uh, for Seven Oaks. We, you know, we spoke to the, his dad and the manager. And he was pretty confident he could score goals at that level. And finally, I think he's may have found his feet at that level. And now he's going from there. Yeah, this weekend, uh, Sittingbourne travel to Burgess Hill. It's Favisham against Whitstable. Uh, Herm Bay against Sevenoaks. Hyde against Ashford. Ramsgate against Phoenix Sports. And VCD Athletic against Hayward Heath. And Whitehawk against Cray Valley PM. So quite a few Kent Darby's in there. I just want to mention Favisham quickly. Obviously, we spoke to James Collins last week. He's brought in a couple of players, including Tom Loins. And a really good article on the Kent Messenger. An interview with Tom Loins. who's a player I've known for four or five years, Tom. Uh, really nice lad. His dad's a really nice bloke as well. And he's, he's left Sittingbourne and gone to Faversham for. He's been out injured for a long time. He's gone to Faversham to seek sort of more regular first team football. And I really wish Tom all the very best uh, at Salters Lane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're sorting the players out. Yeah, he's been a bit long serving player at Sittingbourne there. But of course, he's links with Nick Davis. And, you know, James Connors and those players at this level. Players are moving on. And I think even Chris Lynch is doing a good job at Sittingbourne. He's getting players that he knows. From maybe from the academy systems and younger players through. So I think they're interested to see how um, Faversham go and think Sitting Board are doing okay as well, to be honest. Yeah, uh, there's also some picture on Tuesday night. Ashford against Guernsey, Burgess Hill against Ramsgate, uh, Whitstall Town against Hastings United and Whiteleaf against Sitting Board. And just in case anyone thinks I'm uh, being particularly brutally harsh on the uh, Velocity Trophy, uh, Ramsgate take on Leatherhead in the knockout stage uh, on Tuesday night while there's still games going on in the group stage elsewhere. Did you see that game of Hastings won, didn't they? Against was going to mention East that Preston. as well. Hastings, uh, if you have It's still the group stage, is it? Still the group stage, yes, because it was two teams from uh, from that level. But yes, Hastings uh, on Tuesday night were 12-3 winners uh, over East Grinstead in that game. One of the players scored eight goals as well, so not a bad... Uh, not a bad week for him, I suppose. And I'm sure if you were to go up to him, uh, David, his name is, isn't it? If you were to go up to him and say, I don't think it's much of a competition, he would very, very much disagree with you at this current time. Well, he could put his, well, he'd have to put his two hands up and say, yes, it is a good good thing, because I scored eight. And I can't remember a level anybody scoring eight before. Can you? Well, it, it must have happened. At, 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 but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, I always remember, because in the Premier League, I remember when... Ian Rush scored five once when I was about eight, and I was like, oh, he scored five. So scoring eight is, you know, to be honest, yeah, it's, a, it's a Mickey Mouse competition, um, but scoring eight at that level, you cannot grumble. And I'm sure there's clubs looking at him, I don't know how old he is, but um, scouts will be winning their way down to Hastings. Do you know what, Matt? Apparently, 
No one has ever scored eight in a football league match. There you go. Someone scored nine. Ted Drake. Ted Drake got Ted, seven. Ted Drake Ted McDougall got, scored nine, didn't he? Against Margate. Uh, that was in the FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, but Robert Bell of Tramere Rover scored nine uh, in the third division north in on Boxing Day 1935 uh, when they beat when they beat Oldham 13-4. Great game. Uh, and that is literally 12 days after Ted Drake scored all seven in Arsenal's 7-1 win over Aston Villa. Uh, I do have a list in front of me of, of records from all over the place. I'm trying to find people. Uh, first, The Dutch First Division, Johan Voskamp scored eight for Sparta Rotterdam. Uh, but well, actually, the Premier must be five, isn't it? Defoe, he scored five. And, and Andy Cole scored five. But I can't... At the levels, you've never seen anybody score a double hat-trick. So. No, that's true. Uh, fair play. So, you know, again, on the, I'm sure there's... If he hasn't got an agent, he's probably got one now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was also, I uh, just found a, a little stat. I don't know what happened in this game, but uh, Cosmin Dusa uh, of Cluj uh, scored eight goals uh, as his side beats uh, Fair Play Bucharesti 27-0 in Romania. He only played the last half an hour. It sounds like Fair Play were taking some not-so-fair play and uh, taking some... Hang on. She only played the last half an hour. Oh, right. uh, she also scored 13 in a game as well uh, the previous year. So uh, quite prolific, Cosmina Dusa. So fair play. To fair her. play from Romania, really. Maybe yeah. they are fair play. Let them score all the time. Well, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's enough of uh, massive goal scoring feats because we're going to move on and talk about the FA Trophy now, uh, where it was a good weekend for our Kent sides, well, until Monday. Uh, but Thomas Angels beat Bogan and Regis Town by two goals to one. Uh, Maidstone beat Dartford 1 0 in replay on Tuesday night uh, to book their spot through. And Welling United also won 3 1 victors over St Albans City. So they, those three all made it through. Uh, the rewards, though, were scant, shall we say. Uh, Welling handed a trip to Yeovil. Tunbridge Angels at home to Hampton and Richmond Borough, uh, who beat uh, Billericay Town uh, 2-1 on Tuesday. That's a good result for them. Uh, and Maidstone will be at home as well, which is quite handy for them against Concord Rangers. Uh, the National League teams have also entered in the uh, in this next round. And uh, again, some pretty naff ties. Dorking Wanderers against Bromley is going to be a tough one for Neil Smith's men. A potential banana skin for the 2018 finalists. I've completely lost my name. Uh, Ebbsfleet United handed a trip to Enfield Town. And after a 3-0 replay win uh, on Tuesday night, Kings Lynn Town will be the destination for the Dover Whites uh, in that competition. Um, I don't really like this competition. I don't care too much for it. And though that draw just kind of sums it up. You, you're, you're absolutely livid about the fact that it's a north-south draw and you've got a team from the Conference North. Well, yeah, I know they've got, it's regionalised at this point. So I presume it's... Yeah, I can understand how in the southern draw you've got northern teams in, but again, this is the FA that's talking about it. Surely they can. Well, again, I was trying to, when I was laying in bed about this, because I'm excited I am, I was trying to work out how could they have changed it anyway? Could they. I presume that there's, there must be a northern based type Oxford somewhere that they could have gone in the northern league, but I presume if they'd have got. I don't know, gated away, they'd be a bit miffed as well, wouldn't they? Well, I'm looking at the draw, I've got the draw in front of me and I can't actually see any team sort of in that, even in that Midlands area in the northern section. I mean, there's only 28 teams to, in that in there, 14 ties, more ties in, in the southern bit. But, but well, you, could have, you could have, well, arguably, Solihull Moors, they could have gone in the southern section, could they? I, I suppose that they are the nearest, or Hales Owen Town at, at yeah, a push. Yeah. But Stourbridge, uh, which is in the, the West Midlands, a team you know, Matt, they're playing, yeah. they played South Shields in the last round. So you can kind of understand. Um, and maybe maybe, uh, maybe you can't, if they've been, well, clearly they can, because I would have thought Kingsley and Hereford, would they, would they must have been in the southern section anyway. So maybe you can't move them from south to north. No, I suppose so, yeah. They so must maybe, have... maybe that's what it is in this competition. Maybe I'm doing a bit of service here that they start in the southern section. It's not just, well, we've got to find somebody in the southern section. They start in the southern section, which seems ludicrous, but we've seen Braintree in the Conference North as well. So I, I suppose yeah. the, the thing is, is that they've only been in it one round, so they could really have chosen if that was a North or a South tie, yeah, ultimately. But I suppose it had to be down the line. It, it probably had to be that, that, that way because, I mean, if we're, being, if we're being realistic here, it's bloody stupid that Kings Lynn are in the North anyway. 
Yeah, right. Well, to be honest, it's an absolute pig of a tie for Dover. But what are their priorities? Um, if they get a draw against um, uh, Peterborough again, they may want to, may not want to play that game. It'd be interesting if Dover decide. Right, we'll do it on the day. Doesn't really care. We don't want to play midweek. We've got loads of games coming over Christmas. We'll go to Kings Lynn and we'll do it on the day. Because if they do get a replay in Kings Lynn, home to Kings Lynn on the week before Christmas, you're going to get three people in a dog anyway. So And Matt Gerrard. Oh, I probably wouldn't go anyway for that, no. It's just... Um, I'll get excited to the, the trophy if we get to the quarterfinals or something like that. I'll be banging on that drum plate dreaming to get to Wembley. But I don't think it's the kind of game that... Thing. Yeah, so... I, yeah, I'm, I'm not putting words in Dover's mouth here, but maybe just do it on the day and if you go out, concentrate on the league. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, talking off the league, there are fixtures on Saturday. In, well, we look back at, at, the, at the week first, actually. Uh, on Saturday, uh, Ebbsfleet United drew 1-1, keeping up their, their unbeaten run uh, against with a 1-1 draw at Stockport. Bromley had a great result on Saturday, winning 2-0 at Sutton, and it was 1-1 between Dover and Solihull Moors. And on Tuesday night, the, the division just went goal crazy. Uh, so, Ebbsfleet United were among the teams that went goal crazy, losing 5-2 at Barnet. Also, se- seven goals at Crabble, but Dover lost 4-3 and missed a penalty, as Matt has already told us. And defeat for Bromley as well, beating 2-1 at Woking. Other results in that division, a 4-1 win for Solihull Moors, a 5-1 win for Hartlepool. Those two were both away. Uh, and Wrexham win the prize, as they were the only team in action on Tuesday night who failed to score. We don't recommend betting, but under what odds you've got, all the teams, the whole division, every team to score, if you had that bet, you'd be absolutely heartbroken, wouldn't it? Yeah. There must be odds on that. Big odds as well. Exactly. Uh, Wrexham can't score for Toffee. That's been their problem, though, isn't it? So you wouldn't bet on Wrexham to score. Exactly. And Ebsfleet United will be hoping that run continues on Saturday as they are the as Wrexham are the visitors to Stowbridge Road, uh, while Bromley take on Yeovil Town. That is also... Uh, a big old game, that one. Two teams near the top of the table. So, Bromley will be hoping they can uh, get back to form. Uh, in the National League South, obviously, our teams were all involved uh, in the in the trophy on last weekend. But they are all back in league action this weekend, apart from the aforementioned Maidstone United. But they're all away. Dartford away at Bath City. Uh, Welling United away at Dorking Wanderers. And Slough Town is the destination for Steve McKim and Tom Angels. So, uh, some some tough games, those, actually, and, and none of them really ideal on, on the Saturday, the last Saturday in November. No, I think Ebsley Wrexham is the one that stands out as being an absolutely massive game, isn't it, for Ebsley? They haven't won in four in the league. As I said before, they can score goals, but they can see them by the, um, by the bucket load, and that's going to be a concern. I'm sure there's going to be new players coming in for Kevin Watson. He's done a good job there, but... Yeah, but you're not winning games. You're not picking up points, um, which will be disappointing for him. And they've got to start winning at home. I think they've got the worst home record in the, in the division as well. But that'll be tough against Wrexham. But that is a proverbial six-pointer down the bottom. If they can do that, that will give them some space to maybe catch up on Wrexham. But they've got to start picking up points. Absolutely. They had that, those couple of away wins that got everybody a bit excited. But you've got to carry that on, carry on that momentum. And I am concerned about the number of goals they're scoring. It was one. Defeat, it was one defeat in eight for Absolute before uh, before that game on Tuesday night. But so, they haven't won that many, have they? It's no, they've been drawn a lot of games. So, uh, and they're not in a position at the bottom. I know it's still very tight down there. You've got to turn those draws into into three points if you can. I know mean, it's easier said than done, but that's that's what they've got to do. Oh, you say that, but I did notice. Obviously, they dropped back to the bottom on uh, on Tuesday night. Absolute uh, United uh, after Chorley have, have been on a decent run. They've got seven points in their last three games. Uh, but Ebsley United like, dropped back to the bottom of the table. And yeah, they're, they're only three points away from 20th place. But then there's a little gap opening up uh, to Aldershot in 19th. So Ebsley need to, we, we kind of said this last week, but they need to get some points on the board, get out of that relegation zone and then start thinking about moving up the table. But the first and only priority at the moment is to get up from there. And looking at the teams who are there, down there with them, are Chesterfield and Wrexham really going to be relegated in this season? I don't think they are. So they've got to find a way. Of, of getting out of there yeah. and making and dragging the likes of Dagenham, Maidenhead, Aldershot, Sutton back into this, you know, because it's got to happen. Yeah, they've got to beat Wrexham because Wrexham at the moment, if they beat Wrexham on Saturday, they'll go ahead ahead of Wrexham. Wrexham will have a game in hand, but that gives them something to weigh. Yeah, the, the gap there's a four point gap. I cannot believe that Chesterfield, as you say, and Wrexham are not going to get out of this. They're probably throwing money out of it because they've got good greats to move them up the table. You expect Fylde to move up there. All the shot, a bit inconsistent, but they've had a couple of good results. So, 
Last year, when the teams were at the bottom, there was a big, big gap out of it. Dover managed to get it, but there was a more, there was more than five or six teams struggling down the bottom. But as it's such a tight division this year, it is a concern that they've got to. Wrexham, it's a must win against that. If Wrexham win, they will be what six points, uh, three, four points ahead of them with a the game in hand. Yeah, but Wrexham haven't won away from home any side of the division, so absolutely have got to go there. Draws aren't good enough anymore at the moment. They've got to win matches. Yes, there is also one game on Tuesday night in the National League South. Uh, as Tom Angels try again to go to Hungerford Town. That game has been called off just before kick-off earlier this month. Uh, that is pretty much it for this week's Kent Only podcast. Uh, we've had uh, another, well, despite the fact I've got a cold, uh, I've quite enjoyed it again, uh, but I've spoken far too much. I think I'm just going to go and sit in silence for the rest of the day, uh, even though I've got one of my other jobs. I'll just ignore them all uh, later on. Uh, but thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks to Gary Alexander. Thanks to Ine Effiong uh, for giving up their time. As always, you can find us on social media. We are at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, and on Facebook, we are Kent Non-League. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 on Twitter. And Matt, who's been tweeting a little bit more actually lately, uh, is Matthew underscore Gerard. So do give us all a follow. We'd, we'd really, really appreciate that. And as we say, how, what is in your footballing room 101? Please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, just send us some messages uh, via social media. We would absolutely... Love to oh, another, another one there. Well, he's the footballers who just put their hand over their mouth as well. All the oh, time. God, yeah. Exactly. You know, what, what is he saying to that? Yeah, so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just... And there's probably more things that I'm at a game that winds me up more than anything. There is other teams, media departments, John. <laughs> we won't go on there. They really wind me up. There's certain clubs that um, I would love to put in room 101. And, but, um, unfortunately, I can't do. So, there you go. And thank you, work, Gaffer. Great work, Gaffer, today. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, do you, you think... are my gaffer in this, so cheers, gaffer, and uh, we'll look to speaking to you later. Do you think that uh, the one in particular that I'm thinking of when you say about clubs, media, and um, perhaps visiting local radio stations, do you reckon he calls them gaffer? Oh, he's all, oh, he'd be all over him. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. If you ever see me, I'll talk about that one, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gaffer all over him. Gaffer, I reckon you should do this, gaffer. Cup of tea, gaffer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if you look realistically, he's having the last laugh though, because he's not in the National League anymore, is he? Or League Two. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, not quite sure when. We should be doing the show on Monday. Uh, whether it will appear uh, any time before uh, that is another matter, because I'm uh, jetting off again uh, on holiday. I also, just want to thank very quickly uh, the Kent Only podcast listener who did uh, message me on Twitter just to check everything was all right down here after the horrible fire down the road at the Claremont Hotel. And, uh, and I'm really sad to say that apparently this morning that the rest of the hotel is starting to collapse, which is really, really sad news. Uh, thoughts of everyone who's been affected by that uh, because it's not been great. But we're fine down here. Thankfully, we're at the other end of the seafront. But uh, yeah, not a great week uh, to be down here in Eastbourne, unfortunately. Uh, but that is it for this week's Kent Only podcast. Thank you ever so much, for everybody, for listening. And we will speak to you next week. I'm going to act very posh at the posh this weekend. <laughs>